0: Hi, I'm Brady Breeze, safety for the Detroit Lions, and you're listening to The Only Playbook.
1: What is up, Only Playbook fans? Welcome to another episode. We are recording episode 47. Obviously, it is the offseason, but there are a lot of players that don't have a team heading into next season. So there's roaming around in the abyss, you know, waiting for a team to come capture them. I still got like my Pokemon mindset because I've been playing a lot of that new Pokemon game. But so that's exactly what I thought of is all these players just like roaming the fields and teams coming up behind them and catching them. But so many free agents yeah <laughs> so, so many free agents we need to talk about big big names that are going to change teams drastically next season so going to change the landscape of the nfl obviously we're the usual suspects i'm sweet car i got Chovich it uh happy middle of the week guys offseason football how are you guys feeling
2: feeling good i the, the pokemon reference is so good because i was looking at these players and i was like god i wish the steelers got this like steelers need to catch them all because <laughs> we need all the help that we can get in order to be successful next I year. i feel like
0: I feel like um, if this was like a Madden situation, for some reason, this is my toxic trait is thinking I can manage players better than NFL owners sometimes, just because <laughs> of the whole Madden thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be fun. It'll be an exciting. It'll be exciting to see where all these players land.
1: I, I I listen to a lot of obviously football radio and like podcasts and stuff, and I think a lot of people get slack for that too. And I'm like, well, that's literally what the concept of like a podcast about football is, is speculating who's going to go where speculating your thoughts and stuff. Right. And I think at the end of the day, it's not like we talk these, these talks to say that we're smarter than anybody or better than anybody, but like, that's the content. Like it is all about speculating. So uh, that's all we're going to do is speculate. Obviously PFF put out a long list of free agents. We'll dive deep into you know the top 10 where we think they're going to go and talk about some other notable free agents as well. And kind of see how that shakes the landscape of the NFL heading into next year. Obviously, if you guys have enjoyed our content, thus far we're everywhere the only playbook on tiktok instagram at only playbook on twitter and everywhere you listen to podcasts spotify anchor google apple um and if you're watching you're watching on the youtube channel so thank you so much for all the support keep that coming uh guys let's dive deep into this list every single player seems like somebody that we want on our favorite teams right i mean because who wouldn't but uh the first name on the board show you ready for this the number one free agent in PFF's top 25, will dive into the top 10 list of free agents this year, is none other than the best receiver in the NFL. It's not every day that a guy like this is a free agent and available for all teams to talk to, all teams to negotiate with and see kind of who comes up with the best offer. It is none other than Devontae Adams, guys. He's undoubtedly probably the best receiver in the game. He's still 29. So he's on the right side of that age 30 time that people often in the NFL think is like kind of the make or break or the teeter tottering scale. Uh, Back to back first team all pros, back to back seasons of 115 catches, 1300 yards, 11 plus touchdowns. I mean, again, there's no doubt that this guy is the premier player at his position. There's no doubt that he's gonna wanna get paid like the premier player at his position. Projected salary is sitting right around about $25 million a year. um guys, I mean, there's a ton of teams that need receivers. Even teams that think they don't need receivers probably could use a guy like Devontae Adams. Where are you guys seeing Devontae Adams if in fact he has to leave Green Bay? What color or type of jersey are you seeing Devontae Adams fitting best in?
2: Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, anyone could definitely use him, but he's got to go to a team that actually has a legitimate chance to win. I'm sure, you know, he's kind of tasted the conference championship and so close to the Super Bowl with the Packers. And if it's not the Packers, it's gotta be a, a team that's competitive. And and the teams that we have listed here, uh, one of them is gonna be the Chargers, like a uh, Justin, Justin Herbert and uh, Devonte Adams, like duo, especially with Mike Williams, the uncertainty of whether he's gonna come back uh, to the Chargers or not, that would be a solid, solid fit. Um, for Devonte Adams, uh, along with Raiders with Derek Carr, they've got the cap space um, uh, to to be able to sign him. It's going to be an expensive hire, but they've got that um, Eagles as well. Um, they desperately, desperately need a receiver. We saw, you know, the show that uh, Jalen Rager put up last year. <laughs> a show, um,
1: if we can even call it that.
2: Yeah, it went straight
1: then, to DVD. That show. Yeah. <laughs> was Straight to VHS even, bro. I feel like no one's watching this shit. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but those are the teams that we've got based on cap space and at least a fit in terms of um, someone at the quarterback position that can kind of complement Devontae Adams.
0: Yeah, um, agreed. There's really, I mean, it's not about which team can have him. It's about which team wants him, right? Because it comes down to money. Um, And Green Bay is 40 mil over the salary cap this year. So it's tough. It's tough. And I think if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to Green Bay, Devonta Adams has vocally many times said out loud that he probably does not want to stay in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers is not here. Ideally for him and uh, Aaron Rodgers, they could both go to Denver together. But Denver is looking at like 40 different options. Right. So there's no guarantee there um so yeah because green bay's 40 mil over the salary cap they can you know tag him do the franchise tag of 20 million dollars then trade him if he doesn't want to stay if there's no aaron Rodgers, then then that is probably the most likely scenario they're going to throw the franchise tag on him for 20 million and then trade him and some teams that you know um could use them we shovin mentioned some of them Uh, i feel like baltimore could use a strong number one too uh you know to elevate Uh, lamar jackson's game also he needs somebody to bail him out Uh, you know who knows how long mark andrews is going to be there who knows how long mark andrews can handle this much uh, this many targets because it's pretty ridiculous he's probably you know, unanimously the best tight end last year. And um, that's hard to keep up when you're a tight end because you're blocking, you're running, you're, it's a lot of work. So he, they would greatly benefit from having uh, Devontae there. And like you mentioned, the Chargers, not having Mike Williams, they need someone to stretch the field because Keenan Allen is still a little guy. He can't really do like a number, he's kind of like a Stefan Diggs. He can't do those things that we ask of these bigger receivers. And then the Jets, uh, I've seen some talks about how the Jets could utilize them. They have the cap to do it. They have an up and coming quarterback. Uh, And they desperately need a non-mediocre wide receiver and uh, Devontae Adams would fill in that role. But um, yeah, those seem like good options if they end up going with the sign and trade strategy.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, there's always both of him and... I think the domino effect of the free agency altogether is kind of seems like it's falling on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. Whatever Aaron Rodgers decides to do is what Devonte Adams is going to decide to do, and then it's going to impact whether the Packers are now looking for a quarterback. They're rebuilding for the future, so they don't feel as bad unloading Devonte Adams if they are in a rebuild situation, or if Rodgers decides he's coming back, uh, but he doesn't come back to Green Bay. Then, Shasho, you mentioned it. Like, where could they see themselves getting packaged? Broncos are they're a very very attractive destination. They million in cap space. So, uh, you know, that probably would not uh, effectively be enough to get both of those guys but if those guys you know Devonte adams could get the pay you know the payday that he deserves and Rodgers could come on like a, a friendlier contract if his goal at this point is to just win championships right so i don't think he's getting any shortage of money or he has any shortage of money so it'll be interesting to see if those guys get paired up but like you said you mentioned the chargers the raiders are a really really sneaky spot for me as well just because uh Derek carr if they decide to keep him Um, Obviously, that offense has always severely lacked a true number one receiver as well. Henry Ruggs, you know, over the top guy, but not really as consistent as you would like. Hunter Renfro, great slot guy. Darren Waller, obviously, tight end. And we talk about how it's tough for a tight end to be the receiver. And then obviously, pair that with the fact that Derek Carr is was a uh, college teammates with Devonte Adams at Fresno state as well. So there is already a connection there. So if Rogers decides to hang up the cleats and you're looking at Devonte Adams, trying to find a spot for him that would fit that the team can be competitive and he can, can, and he can also get his payday. The Raiders seem like a pretty, 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 you know, attractive, intriguing spot and actually makes sense cap wise. And from a team perspective. So I think it'll be interesting. Like you mentioned Eagles, we talked all last year about how the Eagles desperately need a receiver that they can rely Lie on a receiver that can take the pressure away from Hertz, take the pressure off of Devonte Smith. So uh, obviously the Eagles are a great fit there. And again, the Lions. There are teams at the top of the board that are so bad that I don't think any signing is 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 as bad news for them. Like the Jags, the Jets, the Texans. Like those those teams could could use anybody, right? So any team that has a lot of cap space could be in play. But I think if I'm just guessing and speculating, Devonte Adams is used to a winning culture. I don't see him going to a franchise that is going to be in a rebuild just to get a payday. So I think he's going to want to go somewhere where he can uh, have a chance to win now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because again, it's going to shake up the entire landscape of free agency.
2: Yeah, it's all going to depend on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers could restructure their deals, cut cut a couple of players that they're paying like 12 and 13 15 million uh, a year to reach to lower that salary cap. And uh, they definitely still have a potential to sign both Rogers and Adams. It'll be interesting to see. They're going to have to get rid of their, you know, key pieces on, um, you know, their, their linebacker position. De- Desire Smith is can pay 15.3 million a year. Um, Preston Smith would have to be traded for 12. He's going to pay 12.5 million a year. So there's things that they could do. So they could very well stay in the Packers. So it'll be interesting to stay, see, see, if they end up going that down that route um, to keep Rogers and Devonte Adams.
1: Yeah. Again, that's going to, that's going to help kind of put the domino effect together for the rest of the free agency. So let's jump right over to the next player. There is no shortage of need when it comes to the tackle position in the NFL. Obviously we talk about the blind side we talk about one of the most important positions on the field. Number two on pro football focuses top free agents is none other than to run armstead tackle for the saints who is now a free agent he is officially 30 years old so uh age is definitely a factor you have to consider but he is a veteran he's about as rock solid and, and as consistent as they've come as at the tackle position in the nfl three-time pro, pro bowler uh you're looking at a salary cap projection about of about 20 million dollars a year so again it comes at a hefty price tag but we know how impactful and how important it is to have a tackle position the tackle position positions shirt up because you can't really get anything done without that so that's why there's a hefty price tag on this premium position Uh, there's a lot a lot of teams that need tackles uh, but I'm looking at a hot commodity as far as a hot commodity goes teams that have a ton of cap space that are looking to one use a veteran guy to start to build around the line because they don't have a veteran presence there and use this guy as a leader on the offensive side to help protect a said young quarterback so if I'm looking at a couple of teams I'm looking at a team like the Dolphins the Dolphins if they think Tua is the future. Uh, they need offensive line help desperately, so they need a veteran presence to come in there and help shore up the rest of that line. Uh, you're looking at the Jags who have $56 million in cap space. Obviously, you have number one draft pick in Trevor Lawrence that needs to be protected. So uh, that should also be a, something that they consider top of mind. And then you're looking at the reigning AFC champion uh, Cincinnati Bengals, right? The Bengals made the championship being the most sacked team in the NFL. So Joe Burrow still needs protection. He still needs that help. And if they are, you know, thinking that. They're Their window with this rookie scale contract for Burrow, this rookie scale contract for Chase is in the next two to three years. They probably want to bolster that line so they can get back into that win now situation. So those are three teams that I think could do really, really well with the veteran presence and somebody as stable uh, as Teron Armstead. What are your guys thoughts there?
2: Yeah, this is an interesting year for tackles. I feel like you can get a really good tackle from free agency and then also pick up someone that is, PFF has three uh, tackles that are in the top 10 of this draft board for this year. So if you're trying to bolster up like the, the teams, like the you mentioned the Bengals, um, you know, Bengals ha- definitely have enough cap space, 49 million in cap space to go out and get this guy. Uh, he's definitely not gonna probably. He's probably not gonna be back for the Saints. He signed a $65 million contract with the Saints. Um, was it three years ago? And uh, given that they're under their their salary cap is like less than 40 million, it's gonna be really hard to sign them. Yeah. They're in a pretty shitty situation yeah. um but another team outside of the Bengals, we saw you know joe burrow get sacked so many times colts also need a better pass rusher they have good run blockers with quentin nelson and but we did see carson Wentz. if they decide to go with him again this year having quentin nelson and this guy as your front line to for to um you know for your blockers and tackles that sounds like a a good line to have so i think the colts could be in play uh, to get to get him as well
0: yeah, um, I heard somewhere Carson Wentz uh, most likely going to the uh, Admirals or whatever, the Commanders. Commanders. Either. I don't know. It's, it's still way too early for that. But um, yeah, so yeah, tackles, you know, most important position in football, like outside of defensive ends, uh, offensive tackles are probably, you know, historically the most necessary uh, part of football. And um, that being said, they get paid a lot. Right. And there's not many teams that can afford um just signing them straight up for large amounts of money so you know um there's you know like like look at the team like the chiefs right they they're doing everything they can um they've they've also gone all in many times to get to the promised land however they're falling short and they're falling short because their star quarterback has to run like their his head's cut off um so how they need to fix that is they need to get a tackle they're lacking severely in that as well that could also be a team um that you know could kind of break the bank to kind of get him um i've heard some things about getting rid of Mikko hardman and some of these like uh, lower contracts that players they might be going away from not sure yet again still early in the season off season. but um yeah so you know you talk about um uh, young teams and then you talk about the veteran teams young teams signing a veteran uh, left tackle who's injury prone now he's he was injured a lot of last year Uh, both the Saints tackles were injured injured a lot last year by the way Um, so you know that 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 brings up a red flag to a lot of these younger teams like the uh, Jaguars the Jets because It's a big risk. It's a big risk paying this much for somebody that's injured that when you're trying to develop from scratch. But that being said, like I said, mentioned earlier, tackles are by far one of the most valuable uh, positions in football period. So you don't just get these guys in a draft every easily, you know, it takes years like the Vikings, for example, we had to go through so many terrible picks to finally get one right. And that was the right tackle, not even the left tackle. So, um, you know, it's a valuable position. It's a rare position and it's a position that everybody wants, but Younger teams are way more cautious in these type of situations than the teams that I want to win it all are. So I kind of see them going to more of a veteran presence like the Patriots, not like the Patriots, but like um, the Ravens. The Ravens also need a tackle really, really badly. Um, and, you know, because Lamar Jackson, th- these mobile quarterbacks need tackles. Like, it's just a given, you know, if, if your team has a mobile quarterback and you don't have a tackle, you're going to be, it's going to be like the Mahomes situation going back and forth, running around so that being said you know uh, chargers could use him, um but i i see more of a steelers ravens uh chiefs kind of an environment that he would thrive in at this moment
1: yeah again if, he, if he's somebody that's going to care more about winning i mean that's definitely the right culture to go to uh if he's you know looking for a payday and he's you know, looking to become a leader and and, and help a young team. Then uh, again, like you mentioned, the tackle position is such a premium that anybody that signs him is going to be happy that they got him. So uh, I don't I don't think it's it's going to be a wrong decision, especially with over half of the NFL currently with needs at the tackle position. Uh, it's just going to be again with the twenty million dollars salary cap projection, who can afford him, and and that's where you're looking at a lot of these young teams that are rebuilding that have the cap space because of all of these veteran teams have become in win now mode and they don't have as much salary salary salary, uh, I guess, luxury or flexibility as such. But uh, again, big tackle off the board. And and, and again, uh, there are other tackles behind him that are going to wait to see kind of the salary price tag that Armstead demands. And then that in turn, we'll we'll see kind of what the rest of the lay of the land for the tackle position will be. But uh, let's jump to the next position. Number three on the board is none other than former Super Bowl champion Chris Godwin, receiver for the Buccaneers. Uh, Godwin's become kind of a staple in in the NFL over the last three four years. Tons of catches, a really really big uh, slot guy. Loves to play over the middle. Really really good hands. He's looking at a salary cap or salary projection of about sixteen million a year. We've already talked about some receiving some teams that need receivers with the Devontae Adams situation, but it's a little bit of a different player, right? So the same receiving teams that need receivers like Devontae Adams may not necessarily look for a receiver like Chris Godwin. You're looking at a guy who mostly is going to play in the slot position. So uh, he's not going to be the guy that takes the top off the defense. He's not going to be a guy that jumps up and gets jump balls, but he's going to be a reliable, really, really, really good number two receiver. And so uh, for me, I'm looking at a team like the Washington commanders, a team that has that cap space, a team that's looking to bolster that offense, and a team that already has a number one receiver that cannot get going in the way he should because one, his quarterbacks hasn't been good enough. And two, they had nobody else outside of him to throw the football to. So he's taking uh, too much defensive coverage. And that's again, Terry McLaurin. So uh, this looks like a perfect fit for me, right? Aside from Terry McLaurin in the slot gives them a one, two dynamic punch, and then they have to go out and find their receiver. But again, you're looking at a receiver that's going to command $16 million uh, from a payday and receiver receivers are at a premium. So uh, a lot of teams don't always look to pay for receivers and, and a team that you know could look to take the next step is a team like the commander so cap space wise and i think he fits really really well right aside from a guy who's already an established number one uh that's kind of where i'm guessing there he's gonna go what are you guys seeing here with chris godwin
2: yeah i think that uh, in terms of the commanders that deshaun watson was also on the talks to join um the commanders for that quarterback position so uh that would be a certainly good a step in the right, like the right direction for them to, you know, be successful with Godwin McLaurin and Watson at the quarterback position. So that's a good pick if, if they end up going down that, down that route. But I just see that the Buccaneers, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. We talked about the teams that need receivers, but the Buccaneers are also going to need to retain their receiving core because of the fact that they lost Antonio Brown, um, only Mike Evans. And, uh, you know, even though Chris Godwin suffered an ACL, um, he suffered an ACL tear last year. Uh, so, I I wonder if that's going to that's definitely going to bring his market value from, I don't know, 17 to 16 million, maybe Um, so that so I can see him trying to stay there for a couple of years just to get his to be a little bit more marketable, uh, especially because the Bucks still need him uh, instead of going to these other teams that need receivers.
0: Um, Yeah, that would be ideal for him and his family and all that. However, um, you know, he's going to need a lot of money, like you mentioned, and they have broken the bank already. The whole Tom Brady scenario, they built a really good defense. They have solid offensive linemen. They're gonna have to pay a lot of people here, if not this year, shortly. And I'm not sure if they can handle this uh, contract, um, only because you know receivers. We love them when when the when the best ones are there; they deserve the pay. But um, you can find a lot of receivers. You know whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft. Receivers are never a um, you know the team might make a wrong decision on a receiver. However, there are plenty of good receivers always available. Um, so that being said, you know teams like um, you know for me. Uh, The Lions, uh, the Lions, you know, the whole Galladay experiment failed in the past and they haven't really had one guy to just fully trust, you know, Um, you got St. Brown now. He's a little guy. However, um, Godwin plays the similar role. So that may not work there. However, that is the kind of players that they need. They need stronger receivers. They need receivers that are durable. Um, Godwin gets injured here and there, but he also plays one of the hardest positions in football, which is the slot receiver getting hit all the time by middle linebackers by safeties. so, you know, the teams like that make a lot of sense, even the Packers, if somehow they can't keep, uh, I feel like the, the Devonta Adams situation will happen before the Godwin situation. So that gives them room to make some other changes. Uh, but like we, like Suiko mentioned um, earlier, they play different roles, right? They're not playing the same role. Uh, Godwin loves that slot guy role. He's a big slot guy role, which, which is why he, uh, it makes him so unique. There's not many big slot guys and um so yeah for that for that reason he's a valuable player anywhere he, this that's why he's number three on um pff's uh rating as far as wide receivers right after i mentioned how not important wide receivers are there are a few that are so important and that's Devonte adams outside chris godden inside they're very rare in those positions and literally any team could use them right so uh we mentioned teams like the chargers for uh Devontae Adams, that's because they need an outside threat. So Godwin really wouldn't do much there. Um, Saints could use him. I feel like Godwin is just looking for a big payday. He's still young, right? He's not looking to Super Bowl or bust. It's probably not on his mentality. Thirty-one already now. won a Super
1: Bowl. So yeah, he could right. definitely just be looking for money.
0: Right. Um, so, you know, teams like the Saints that heavily, heavily, heavily need a wide receiver. I, I could see that very much happening.
1: I just don't know how they're going to afford him $42 million under the cap space. So that's going to be tough for them. But yeah, I mean, it's again, it's another guy that nobody, even if a team that comes into free agency not needing a receiver may not have as much cap space and may have other positional needs. If Chris Godwin comes up to you and says, Hey, I'm looking to play for your franchise. Can you make it work? They're going to make it work. So uh, again, he's an outlier. Like you mentioned, it's it's one of those guys that you don't typically see play the slot position at his size, but he does it so effectively. That's why Tom Brady loved him for, Uh, the last couple of years. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where Godwin lands. Let's jump to the next guy. Reigning Super Bowl champ. Two-time Super Bowl champ now, former Super Bowl MVP now, Von Miller is number four on PFF's list. Von Miller resurgence in his truest form last year with the Rams. I mean, he had a PFF grade last year of 91.2. That's third out of 107 qualifying edge rushers. So people that said Von Miller was washed, uh, it sounds like it was more so the situation in Denver, not the motivation to play with the team that's rebuilding that can't actually compete. The minute he goes to a team that's competitive and has a chance to win, He plays his best football and leads him to a Super Bowl victory. So Von Miller is another free agent is a free agent. Now, again, this year after the Rams did trade for him, they're looking at a projected salary hit of $17 million per year. Again, edge rusher to show you mentioned it another really, really big premium position in the NFL where guys get paid and guys are always looking, even if they have two solid edge rushers, this is, this is a position where teams don't shy away from having three guys so they can keep a rotation. They can have a guy fresh. So. Uh, again, I don't think there's a shortage of teams out there that are not that aren't going to look at Von Miller. But again, for me, my guess here with Von Miller, again with the 17 million dollar cap space, the Chargers again are going to be a very, very hot to name this off season just with the cap space that they have at 56 million dollars. They had an awful, awful defense last year. Their run game couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't generate a lot of pressure. Joey Bosa was getting double teamed. So I'm looking at Von Miller to come in here. Opposing Joey Bosa on the other side of that defense and generating havoc uh, from that defensive line position, it's going to help them not have to spend as much money on the linebacker core on the secondary because once you generate pressure from the defensive line perspective, they end up masking the uh, deficiencies that the linebackers and the cornerbacks have. So the Chargers need as much defensive help as any team in the nfl with the cap space von miller uh staying out on the west coast i think it makes a ton of sense
2: yeah i've got two teams here that uh, he could definitely go into baltimore definitely could use a help in in terms of ed rushers they don't have any key edge rushers uh, and they finished in the bottom third of sacks in the nfl last year so um so they need to find ways to get to the quarterback and what better than um you know von miller super bowl champ veteran presence and he's, he's still got it Um, the other, the other team, well, actually there's two other teams. The the next team is our, is the chiefs that he could go to. And this is basically a play off of letting go of Frank Clark that has a $26.3 million cap hit and signing, um, Vaughn Miller for 17 million. So you save a little bit, 6 million, um, $6 million and, and that, that could be a smart financial move, um, in, in, um, exchanging of players, right? So. Chiefs could definitely get, go go out and get him. And the other team that all, that's uh, I think are still contenders uh, could be the Broncos. Uh, Von Miller is a pretty, like, he seems like a guy that would likes to stay with a team. Like, he didn't choose to go to the Rams, right? He got traded to the Rams. And when he won the Super Bowl with the uh, Broncos, he said he wants to be a Bronco for the rest of his life. So the Broncos definitely could go back and sign him again. Um, and he could be a Bronco for the rest of his career since you know, two Super Bowl champs and just finishing off the uh, with the team that you started off with. Could be the play as well for Von yeah. Miller.
0: that. Sounds like a great NFL career, just like play with your team, go win a Super Bowl real quick, come back and play with your team. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I mean, this guy is unreal, right? Like, we haven't seen anybody like Von Miller in years. Like, this guy, he and the thing is, he stays healthy even when he gets hurt, he comes back and he's a at 91 something, you know, like it's like this guy is just a monster, he's just a straight up monster, deserves to get paid, whatever he asks for. Um, He's just getting older, right? So, um, and every, like like Shikar mentioned, any team can always use an edge rusher. This is the most important position on defense. Um, Because, you know, uh, like our friend Brady Breeze mentioned, everything happens at the offensive, uh, at the line, right? The line generates how the rest of the play goes, and that's why these offensive tackles and defensive ends are so important to a team. And, you know, the team like the Browns, the Browns, you know, the only reason they were relevant was because of their two defensive ends. And now they're going to be losing one of them, most likely. Um, So they need to replace that, right? If they want to, because that was the only thing that was going for them. If they can't even uh, continue to do well on the defensive end side, then they're going to be worse than they were last year. Um, So, you know, the Browns could try to kind of make up for Clowney possibly leaving there. Um, and I mean uh, Chauvin mentioned the Ravens Uh, Ravens are just a couple of players away from a Super Bowl berth that's why I keep mentioning the Ravens so much they need to do they need to start pulling some triggers and make because, uh, you know, uh, make something of these next couple seasons because Lamar Jackson is not going to be around forever. So they need to utilize um, his needs and that's protecting him because he hasn't gotten that in a while. And that's also generating pressure on the defense because Chauvin mentioned they've been in the bottom uh, in in many categories when it comes to generating pressure. Um, so, yeah, so I think those teams could be, really benefit from this. And um, you know, and then like, like we mentioned, Chargers make the most sense. We've complained about how the Chargers can't do anything on defense, and adding Von Miller not only changes one position it changes everything dynamically because he's not only a defensive end he's also an outside linebacker so where, or wherever the needs are for that team he will be there and uh, you know it makes the job for Joey Bosa a lot easier he was injured a lot last year because he had to play his ass off um, having Von Miller there eases up some things creates a lot of um, time or you know uh, uh, creates less time for the cornerbacks to have to cover it just makes everything better and yeah by far Chargers are Chargers makes the most sense for Von Miller here
1: Yeah, I thought I thought about the Broncos reunion too, especially because they still have some money and flexibility to play with especially if they end up getting a marquee you know quarterback that they think can make them you know Super Bowl contenders I could see that 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 being an instantaneous reunion it's like hey we got our quarterback we're you know Super Bowl or bust now at this point with the roster that we have Vaughn could come back on a team-friendly deal Uh, I don't know how much that's going to come into play I didn't really know how they the teams had left it because uh, Denver wasn't competing and Vaughn got a chance to go play for a team that had a chance to win the Super Bowl which ultimately they did so I'd like to believe. believe that they're uh civil in 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 their in his departure and maybe there is an opportunity for a reunion but whatever's going on behind the scenes if in fact they left it well then yeah the broncos also make a ton of sense for him to reunite with super bowl with denver super bowl leaving denver and then comes back and just puts kind of puts the whole thing full circle where they get a big quarterback and then they win a super bowl again so
0: and and don't forget about this whole recency bias right like we've seen Uh, What the Rams just did, adding all these pieces, I'm sure whether that's the team's philosophy or not, all these other teams philosophies, but it's in the back of their mind. They're like, this is what it takes to win a Super Bowl, Um, whether that's what they've been doing their whole life. um, They see that this can lead to Super Bowl wins. And that makes it really easy to sign somebody like Von Miller with a, a good quarterback on the team. So yeah, that's very well a possibility as well.
1: Yeah. Another edge rusher on the board here at number five. We have Chandler Jones, uh, free agent now after playing with the Arizona Cardinals. He is another elite edge rusher. Uh, he is 31 years old, so a year younger than Von Miller. Two time All Pro, Super Bowl champ, four time Pro Bowler. So obviously he has the resume as well. Looks like projected salary for him is slightly under Von Miller based on just market 16 and a half for him versus Von 17. We've already talked about the teams that need edge rushers. Uh, I'm looking at a team for Chandler Jones. I think makes a ton of sense again for the philadelphia eagles 18 million dollars in cap space but they lost both of their edge rushers uh brandon graham's getting older Derek barnett's getting older and now they're both free agents so uh there is a severe severe need at that position they've shown in the past their ability to pay for that position in those two names and and building out the roster through the draft and the other positions so I can see the Eagles making a splash here at defensive end obviously I guess the age age is a factor here I don't know if Philly's trying to go younger the offensive side of the ball seems to be slowly navigating to the younger side so I don't know what their philosophy is but Chandler Jones would come in there and be a good fit and fill a hole that Brain Graham and Derek Barnett uh, immediately uh, uh showcase there so I think the Eagles make a ton of sense but who, who are you guys a senior. Yeah,
2: I mean we're talking about back-to-back edge rushers, so all the teams that we talked about in the last clip could definitely go in here, like the Broncos and the Ravens and Eagles. Um, but I, I, I like the C- chances for the Seahawks to get get him as well. Seahawks faced him twice in the Super Bowl with the, when he was with the Patriots, and I'm sure that they this is their opportunity to bring him to um, that you know to that team. And and he, if he goes to the Seahawks, we see a lot of players that they leave the they don't leave the division. You know they they play Cardinals and the Seahawks are in the same division. They go to the rival for whatever reason and it could be a chance for him to just kind of you know prove himself and and say hey you know this is what you missed out on um give him the extra juice to be uh, more successful Uh, and they definitely have the cap space to do that uh seahawks need an edge rusher um so my guess is the seahawks as far as where he goes next
0: yeah these are all great uh places um chandler jones you know he started off really hot last year with that like four sack game or whatever five sack maybe maybe it was four um but he started off really hot, and then he kind of dissipated over time. I'm not sure if that really affected his projected salary, but, you know, he got to play with TJ, uh, um, JJ, JJ Watt, JJ. right? He got a taste of what it feels like to play with a Watt brother. I think uh, Steelers are a very good landing spot here for um, for Chandler Jones. I think, you know, you already have this monster of a man in TJ Watt, and if you could just complement that with somebody like Chandler Jones, um, that makes Steelers' defense even stronger. You know, that, that puts them over the top, and you need somebody like that On the other end of T.J. Watt, when you're playing against people like Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, both officially elite quarterbacks, and uh, they need to keep those guys in check. So I think adding them, especially if you're going to lose Ingram, Melvin Ingram, that would be a huge upgrade and a huge strength that the Steelers will immediately have that could potentially make them the strongest defensive line in football.
1: Yeah, Shelby, you'd love that, wouldn't you? I would again, like I said, defense edge rusher. If you can keep edge rushers fresh in the fourth quarter, where the, you're not you're not rotating your tackles, nobody has two tackles in the NFL that they're like, hey, we're going to play you here, play you there, right? So chances are the reason, like the Cowboys had Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, and Demarcus Lawrence, three edge rushers rotating, is because they were all fresh at this, you know, all all fresh all the time. So uh, again, I wouldn't put it past the team that already has two edge rushers to go out and get a guy like that as well. But um, next guy on the board. The first cornerback on the list here, number six in PFFs free agency list is none other than jc jackson uh jc jackson and the patriots seem to be going down a bad path that is looking like a departure from there uh they talked a little bit about franchise tagging him he had expressed interest that he hasn't heard talks or they haven't reached out to him so he in his most recent interview said it sounds like they don't want me and you never want to hear that from a player it sounds like he's already got some animosity towards that organization so um, my guess initially was that the Pats were going to franchise tag jc jackson uh and decide whether or not to pay him next next year by But it's an interesting position. I mean, J.C. Jackson was the number two cornerback next to Stephon Gilmore for a couple of years. Stephon Gilmore gets traded. He takes over the number one cornerback role. He's got really good hands. He reminds me of Trayvon Diggs in terms of, you know, being able to intercept the football whenever it comes to him. He's good in man-to-man, but he also has gotten torched by a couple of receivers down the stretch. Stephon Diggs absolutely torched him, uh, and he's demanding number one cornerback money. I think that's the most important thing here to look at is J.C. Jackson's best fit might be as you know, the, 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 a number two cornerback or a cornerback that is a compliment to the shutdown cornerback. I worry that he is not a true number one cornerback. So if the Patriots, an organization run by Bill Belichick have kind of, you know, lollygagged at the thought of signing this guy to an extension when they haven't lollygagged at the thought of signing guys like Stefan Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, they've, they've been able to, uh, I guess, find cornerback talent and identify that and pay the guys that they want to pay. And so with them hesitating to pay JC Jackson, I'm looking at this situation where he's asking for $18 million a year. And he seems like an ideal player at 25, 26 years old. There could be younger organizations that think that there is still some untapped potential. So they could still be paying this paying for this guy at a discount, right? Maybe they haven't quite seen his top tier play yet. So JC Jackson, to me, seems like a classic, a team, that needs every position goes out and pays a premium because he's the best cornerback currently available just from an age perspective. So I'm looking at the Jets who have 40, 48 million dollars in cap space to unload some money to J.C. Jackson. Same division. Obviously, he can come in there and sell himself to the, to the Jets being like, hey, man, I, you know, I, I played for the Patriots. I know what they're all about. You guys need help. And again, the Jets have the money. And so the Jets are going to pay up. And J.C. Jackson seems like he could be the benefactor of the Jets just liking to pay money you know where there are positions and players that other teams are quite frankly not you know not jumping at the gun to pay
2: yeah i mean this guy's this guy's good right he uh led the league in pass breakups with 23 last year um he only allowed 49.1 percent of passes that came his way to be caught i mean it's i don't know if that's actually good it's like less than 50 so one out of two times the ball's thrown his way the uh, receivers don't catch it but I think that this is actually a great spot for the Steelers to pick up because the Steelers are going to most likely lose Joe Hayden and they need a young cornerback um, to take his spot and uh, so JC Jackson, uh, although you know you, you bring up a good point like that does seem like a premium. but based on the personnel and what we're looking to get in free agency, Steelers seem like a good fit for, for JC Jackson.
0: Um, yeah. So, you know, the the Patriots don't give a F who you are, your, what your name is, how well you've done. They know what they do to develop players and they know they can do that to anybody. So if you look at the history of the Patriots, like they'll just bring in even Ty law, you know, like they, they just, they have a history of having solid number ones. And I don't think that's by accident. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. They have all these crazy cornerbacks and they just don't pay them again. They'll let them walk. And I think that's just, that's a that's a, that's a a team thing. That's an organization thing. They know what they have there and they don't care about individual players. Similar things might be happening here. And we've seen JC Jackson, uh, like Suikar just mentioned, he's openly come out and said, I don't think they need me. And you know what? The truth of the matter is they probably don't. Uh, you're great, whatever, but they have ways to figure, fit, fill in your spot with anybody. So, but a team that does need uh, JC Jackson badly is the Cardinals. The Cardinals' weakest point last year by far was the cornerback position. They lost they lost, you know, Robert Alford. They lost Marco Wilson. They both missed significant time down the stretch. And this team got destroyed by random teams like the Colts. They were just attacking their secondary left and right. And I think that is what separated them from being an elite team versus crumbling down the stretch was losing both of their cornerbacks. And I think JC Jackson will handsomely fit in there. They'll love him. He doesn't have to worry about if my team needs him or not because that is the biggest needs the Cardinals have right now. And I think that would be a match made in heaven.
1: Yeah. See how the Kyler Murray contract ascension stuff shakes out and see how much, how much he's, he's demanding a ton of money there. It seems like, so uh, it seems like they're going to really, really put, he's going to, he's going to look like, he looks like he's going to put the Cardinals in a financial bind. So uh, yeah. uh, Again, it's another position where, teams can get desperate. I think when you look at the cornerback position, it's either like you have a cornerback or two that you trust or your cornerback room is just a shit show, right? Because a mediocre cornerback going out there is just as bad as a really bad cornerback to me, right? They both have, a ten- they both have the capability or the ability to get burned. So when you have guys that are graded and statistically the interceptions, the breakups, uh, PFF has him as a seventh best cornerback last year. So uh, again, he's got enough on his resume to get the payday I just worry. He's so young. This is his first rookie scale contract. And again, the Patriots make cornerbacks look great. Malcolm Butler was amazing with the Patriots and he left and he wasn't that good. Stefan Gilmore was the exception of obviously Stefan Gilmore has been a stud even before he came to new England. But, uh, that's my fear is that JC Jackson played on his first contract here and, you know, was in a really, really ideal situation. And so the money he's demanding might not be the money he's worth. And that's why, uh, I just, I'm, I'm looking at a franchise that we doubt has the the wherewithal to be able to read and assess talent as, as well as we would assume like the Jets and the Jets have a historically, uh, you know, are historically known to delve out, you know, questionable contracts to players that may not necessarily deserve it. So, um, It'll be interesting to see wherever he lands, whether he can find a role where he is a really, really good number two cornerback in that team, or if he has to take on the pressure of being the number one, being a guy that has to be shutting down one side of the field. Uh, Next guy on the list is is questionable in many ways. Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, is seventh on the list of best free agents heading into 2022. Um, I think Mike Williams is always going to be a number two receiver. Correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't think he has all of the characteristics and qualities being, you know, uh, being able to kind of handle the inter- intermediary stuff and obviously um, availability. Availability is very, very key when you're the number one receiver. You need to be reliable because you need to be on the field. And when you're not on the field, there's it's it's really, really hard to be assumed at the number one receiver. Mike Williams, we know what he is, right? He's a really, really big deep threat. He's a great red zone target with that six, five, six, six frame or something like that. But his projected salary is 17 million dollars. Oh, of- Got of here, man. $17 million for a receiver that has trouble staying healthy and we know has deficiencies in his game that's that's such a hefty price tag to I me. Mean, we talked about the two re- two teams or the two receivers before Devontae Adams and uh Chris Godwin and I didn't see an issue with teams paying the, the you know the projected money that those guys are projected to make, but I really really worry when Chris Godwin and Mike Williams are projected to make almost the same amount of money, where's the value in signing Mike Williams? And so um I just really really fear that he's going to go chase the money because this guy to me is not the guy that gets the big contracts. And so the first big contract that some team offers him, he's going to chase. Yeah, um, it would be smart for him to do that. Cause he's not that good. Absolutely. And his size and stature makes him a perfect fit for the same team that we keep talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like he would be a great fit for that. Jalen hurts needs to scramble around and throw a prayer up. Michael Williams, your guy, he's the jump ball guy. Right. Yeah. Um, but At that contract, that just seems so obscure that, you know, that seems like a contract that a team will immediately regret because he's not healthy or because they realize that that's way too much money to give to a number two receiver.
2: Yeah, last year in fantasy, this guy was like number, like the first four weeks, right? Just like crazy incline came out of nowhere and then after that just slowly kind of faded away I think there were some uh COVID issues and injuries and things like that um but you know what I think he should do is just stay put find a way to stay with a quarterback like Justin Herbert where you have a chance to win a a Super Bowl with instead of going to these teams that have high cap space where you get paid but what are you going to do with your career no no Super Bowl championship I mean what do you prioritize more right if you prioritize money then obviously you want to the the potential spots are going to be like the teams like um, the Jaguars who've got who've got the money to do that or another team um that definitely needs receivers but doesn't have the cap space though is the Atlanta Falcons that they he could definitely sign with um you know Raiders are a a, a team there they need receivers and also also the Colts so um you know it, it's, I think he should just stay if not then go to the Jaguars who will probably be able to offer him the most
1: yeah, he'd be a great number one receiver for the Jaguars and they'd pay him yeah. a shit ton of money. He's way better than a Treadwell, so.
0: Yeah, for sure. The Jaguars are set to enter a free agency and they have the second most cap space available uh, and they definitely need a top wide receiver and he gets to play with a former Clemson star in Trevor Lawrence. So it could be an ideal situation. Um, I just wanted to touch in on this, um, the asking for large amounts of money situation, like players like this that have never won a Super Bowl I don't think they should be, uh, they should be chasing the money, right? Because Super Bowl is a goal, but it's not always a reality for a lot of these people. So go get your money, go get your money, right? Like if you already have a Super Bowl and you really have already accomplished the biggest accomplishments in sports, then you can kind of take pay cuts and kind of like adjust to your team and whatever. But until you have that Super Bowl, go get your money. That's the whole reason you're here. You're here to feed your family. You're here to do all this. So uh, he
1: should be chasing the money for sure. Yeah. And he's sorry, guy, guy.
0: Oh no, just go ahead. I got a lot of talk.
1: I was gonna say he's not the kind of guy that can like that in this stage of his career or has the impact on a team that he's like, Wait, I'm gonna be a hot commodity to 25 teams, so I'm gonna pick and choose the team that's got the best Super Bowl position for me. Man, you're right, right? At the end of the day, winning is winning trumps everything. But for a guy like this, who we just talked about, if some team is gonna want to pay him a premium. He himself has to understand how injury prone he's went, been, right. how there's been years where he's barely on the field. So if he has the opportunity to make any sort of big contract with any sort of guaranteed money, he's going to take that over taking any sort of team friendly deal yeah. at this stage.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So for that reason, I mean, Shove uh, mentioned the Raiders and the Colts. I think those are great hit, great fits, especially the Colts. You know, they have a quarterback question, which makes that destination not as appealing, but they have the cap space and they need a big wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's gone. Zach Paschal's gone. Michael Pittman's all they got. He's a budding star on the outside, but adding someone like Williams to the other side, it would take that offense to another level because uh, we're asking a lot of Michael Pittman at this moment. And he's, you know, I don't know if he can handle all this just singular stress, so adding uh, someone like uh, this guy, Mike Williams, it makes a lot of sense in the Colts world and the Raiders if they can't get someone like Devonte Adams and whatnot. You know, again, the receiver is definitely an issue here, and there is there are a lot of players in the receiving market. Um, but you know, if Devonte Adams doesn't go there, um, I, I think I think this makes a lot of sense for him too because that he takes care of that rugs role, but he adds size, so he, he's basically playing two players that they need. In one position, he takes care of the rugs roll, and he takes some pressure off of Waller as like the big guy because Waller's all they had, and they didn't have him for majority of last year, and they crumbled, right? Um, so I think someone like this makes a lot of sense there too. And in the Falcons, you know, because this guy kind of reminds me of a Mohamed Sanu situation, like the way he's kind of projecting himself into the into the league. We know he's not going to be a true number one; um, he's always going to be overshadowed by somebody else. So I think it makes sense to for the Falcons to kind of. Uh, Adam on uh, along with Calvin Ridley and uh, Russell Gage. I think that might be a pretty good fit there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, again, the Falcons are just going to be in cap hell. If Matt Ryan wants to pay for half of Mike Williams' contract out of his own contract, then maybe they can yeah. figure out a way to make that work. But $48 million cap hit for the Falcons next year for Matt Ryan, yeah. I mean, that's that's like that's like salary cap purgatory. I don't know how the hell you dig yourself out of that one. Uh, the commanders, another team again, I, I'm still searching for them to put a number two or another guy next to Terry McLaurin would be a nice guy to, you know, again, take the top off. So McLaurin can run a lot of the intermediate routes. So uh, again, I'm big on the commanders this off season, signing a receiver to get Terry McLaurin, the respect and help that he deserves.
2: I'm I like, who are, you, who are you talking about? Commanders. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, changed. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the next guy on the board another williams on the board but this time it is marcus williams safety former safety of the new orleans saints he is now entering free agency, most notably known for his big whiff on Stefan Diggs during the Minneapolis Miracle. I think that's what I'll always remember him for. Don't care how good football he plays on the field afterwards. Uh, but he is a versatile free safety, back-to-back seventh best safety in PFF rankings. He is only 25 years old. So this is his first you know, major contract that he can get outside of his rookie scale contract. They're projecting for a safety position, $16 million per year. So getting paid like a Harrison Smith type. So uh, again, uh, it, it's tough to see yourself delving that kind of money, but there are teams needing safeties. I mean, you're looking at teams like Texans, Falcons, uh, Panthers, the commanders need everybody, Uh, but I'm looking at a team right here, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals are in a little bit of a a conundrum with uh, Jesse Bates. They can't decide if they're going to extend him, if they're going to franchise tag him, if he wants to go out and get payday somewhere else. Uh, But because Jesse, Jesse Bates is on the teeter totter. If Jesse Bates does depart, Marcus Williams is a guy that can come in and kind of assume that role and step in and kind of, uh, Kind of not not really skip a beat, if you will. The Bengals defense struggled, although they were really really clutch in the playoffs. That if they end up losing a key cog like Bates, who was so integral for them, I don't think they want to regress on the defensive side of the ball. So they need to shore up what they already lost and make sure that that kind of one to one exchange takes place. And so if the Bengals lose Jesse Williams, I like or Jesse Bates, I like Marcus Williams uh, fitting right in there.
2: Nice. Um, yeah, another team uh, I have is. Uh... The Jags, who are probably, they've got enough cap space, so they're probably gonna try to get everybody and everyone (laughs) on their team. Uh, They currently have, I think it's Andres Disco and Daniel Thomas, who are a rookie and a second year player. So they could definitely use a veteran presence in that free safety uh, position. And if he's looking to chase the money, the Jags got it. Um, The other team is Chiefs because they may lose Tyron Matthew. It's gonna be interesting what they decide to do. So this would be a decent replacement for him. Um, But depending on their Orlando Brown situation and Tyron Matthew, I'm not sure if they will be able to get him or not. Uh, And obviously another team that has enough salary cap that does go out and pay, pay their uh, pay people in the free agency. The jets could definitely sign him as well. And I don't think you mentioned the Cowboys. Did you mention the Cowboys? No, I did not. Yeah. The Cowboys. I mean, that could be pretty scary, right? Stefan. I mean, you already have digs, and then now you have Marcus Williams as free safety. I mean, they they, they were already a, a decent decent defense last year. Adding him could make this team a, a potential, like a really good defensive team next year. So I, I think the Cowboys would be a good pick for him if they can figure out their cap space situation.
0: Yeah, I think it's way too early in the season to worry about cap space right now. There are some teams that heavily are screwed, but you know um, some teams you're gonna have to adjust your cap space and we don't know who, which teams are gonna do that right now. So I think my speculations right now are just about the fits Um, So, and I think, yeah, Jets have plenty of space, right? So we can pretty much imagine anybody going there with any need of any kind because they need all the help in every world. Um, But yeah, you're right. Shova. you just mentioned both of my uh, teams that I was thinking of. Uh, You mentioned the Chiefs. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to sign Matthew. Hopefully they can. It's fun watching him there. But um, uh, if if not, then yeah, you're right. I think Kansas City would be a great place uh, just to kind of fill in that role um, that they're going to severely need because that's a big role for the Chiefs. Um, And then the Cowboys. I think Cowboys are the number one option here. They are in severe need of reinforcements in that safety position, uh, mainly because they can potentially lose both safeties. They can lose Demonte Kazi, and they can lose Malik Hooker. So uh, they're both supposed to be unrestricted free agents in the upcoming season. Um, It's time that that team, um, with whatever they got going on right now, they look like contenders, they don't look like contenders. And one of the reasons they're kind of iffy on that defensive side is that safety area. So I think adding him right now, right, uh, right here and right now, and just getting things rolling would definitely start that, um, that um, improvement on that defensive end for the Cowboys. However, I'm not a big Marcus Williams fan, uh, fan. It's not just because of that digs situation, but you know, uh, he's seventh on PFS list, but what Minka was like 40th on that list. Like it's not, I, I don't really like going off pffs list too much. Um, I'm not a big believer in Marcus Williams. I've seen him just do so many bad things in so many different situations. Um, But a team with dire need like the Cowboys, uh, they should. That would be an upgrade for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys make a ton of sense. The Cowboys have their own situation with Amari Cooper and whether they want to pay that guy because that guy is just – been again a conundrum for the last year so yeah i mean if we're not talking cap-, cap space they make a ton of sense cap space cowboys are 22 million in the hole so they're gonna they-, they have to figure out their own internal uh in-house yeah. players before they can even think about other players but uh show it let's jump to the next guy it's a guy you had been mentioning Shovey, you just talked about this guy. This guy is number nine here on PFF's list, Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr. is another tackle. He is young, he is consistent, and he is going to demand a payday. Orlando Brown is, what, 25 years old, so he's entering his first official uh, free agency outside of his rookie scale contract. Uh, He's been 24th, 25th, and 28th out of 80 tackles in PFF's grading over the last three seasons. He's projecting 21 million dollars uh from a salary perspective so uh again he's a young tackle he hasn't taken the next step to become an all pro or anything like that but he's consistent he's durable he's played a ton of games and at 25 there's probably another next level that teams feel that they can tap Um, There is a chance that obviously the Chiefs still figure out a way to franchise tag him and keep him there because it's really, really important that the Chiefs keep help for Patrick Mahomes and not start to view the offensive line position as a position, uh, you know, that maybe not be top of mind. But if in fact they don't sign him, he is another guy that I'm looking at fitting From a scheme perspective, fitting from a timeline and a window of opportunity and winning perspective, the Cincinnati Bengals, again, another team that they're the second, it's the second tackle that I think would fit. But I think Cincinnati needs to go out and get a tackle. If they, if Joe Burrow's your future, again, before he demands $50 million with the way these the salary cap is heading for quarterbacks, before they have to pay him and Jamar Chase, they have to go right back to Finding a way to get back to the Super Bowl, because once they have to pay those two guys, it becomes a lot harder to build a roster around them. So uh, if they can pay Orlando Brown now and give another two years before they have to pay Burrow and Chase uh, in a win now situation, he's young enough that he fits the overall youngness, if you will, of that team that I think he's a good fit.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, The Chiefs, I think they have to figure out, like I think I already mentioned this, but uh, between Orlando Brown or Tyron Matthew, which one they go with, I'm not really sure. But uh, another team that could definitely use them outside of the Bengals uh, is the Bears, who are also or the, the um, you know, Bear, Justin Fields was sacked like 36 times last year. And they just hired the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, who's saying that He wants to go all in on um, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is going to need all the help that they can get. We've already mentioned uh, other tackles, Sharon Armstrong, uh, but if they can't get him, Orlando Brown is a serviceable, like good enough tackle that you can uh, get to help Justin Fields be successful. So I can see the Bears
1: trying to go out and get him. Yeah, and the Bears have no first round pick either. So they, they can't go into the draft and look for a top tier talent. So this could be a good spot.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really have much to add. I agree with everything. Um, but I think the Bears are a solid spot because look at Fields, right? Sacked 36 times. He's really not going to be able to improve unless they can finish that offensive line off in a good way. Um, and then you guys, we've already talked about the Bengals. We've talked about this since the beginning of the season. Why did you not draft a defensive or an offensive lineman? Well, you know, um, they, they made their decision and uh, it worked out for them. However, they can't just sit around hoping it gets better. They're going to do something about it. And I think Orlando Brown makes them even better. And that's something they should prioritize. Whichever tackle they get, they need to get one. Um, and then you guys already mentioned the Chiefs again. And I mentioned how Mahomes is really good. However, you can still cap off a really good quarterback with a really bad offensive line. And they just kind of fall apart during these big name games. And um, adding him however you can. Again, I can't speculate cap situation this early in the season. There's going to be a lot of changes from now till later. But as far as needs go, they definitely need one. And I think if you had to sacrifice Tyron Matthew to improve that offensive line, I think you do that because there are safeties that can understand schemes and do this, do that. There might not be playmakers like Tyron Matthew, but they can fill in certain roles. But the Chiefs now openly have lost two Super Bowls, uh, or sorry, uh, two potential Super Bowls because of bad offensive line play so that's a dire need for them they need to fix that now
1: yeah i think the honey badger at this stage in his career because he's at the age that he is i think what or i guess he's still 29 but he's pushing 30. uh and at the safety position again, yeah, the safety position becomes more of a commodity than the tackle position. So if the if the, if I'm the Chiefs and you have to address whether you're gonna keep your left tackle who's protecting Patrick Mahomes or in you know an aging safety now, who at this stage you can probably go younger in the draft and, and, and save a bunch of money. I'm probably leaning Orlando Brown Jr. Number 10 on the board here in terms of the free agents for Per PFF, is Allen Robinson the second? This guy's probably become forgotten for a lot of casual NFL fans because he hasn't been on the field. And when he's on the field, he doesn't get the ball thrown to him because the quarterback conundrum in Chicago. Is it Andy Dalton? Is it Justin Fields? Is it this? Is it that? Um, So Allen Robinson is looking for a home. He's looking for a home where a team will actually value him as a number one receiver. A team will actually have a uh, quarterback that can get him the ball consistently. Uh, Again, he is, to me, Without a doubt, a number one receiver, but he's going under the radar because he's played with Mitch Trubisky and just a bunch of a bunch of guys that cannot throw the football consistent. He's a, he's literally as consistent as hands come. He's a jump ball guy. The only thing he lacks maybe is like straight line speed, but for every other aspect of the receiver position, he is a number one receiver. They're projecting still a fifteen million dollar pay for Allen Robinson. We talked about the teams that need receivers. Uh, again, it's really easy to be like but the Eagles. Again, the Eagles, the Eagles need receivers. So we. Talked about uh, the Bengals needing to sign one of these tackles. I think the Eagles have to sign one of these receivers. They have to, have to, have to. But um, Allen Robinson to me fits the Jets. I think the Jets have Zach Wilson. The Jets have Elijah Moore, who they found in a young receiver. They need another outside receiver, they need a number one guy. They need a guy that uh, Zach Wilson can chunk the ball up to when he's scrambling, running for his life. Uh, Again, because he's been so up and down, Alan Robinson is scoping out the lens of the NFL and realizing that as good as I am, because of the situations I'm in, I'm not going to get as much money as some of these other receivers. I don't have that guaranteed salary and that payday like some of these other receivers have already gotten. And it's simply because, uh, you know, my quarterback wasn't great or the position I've been in has not been great. Who knows how after this contract the next four years go, am I going to get hurt again? At that point, am I going to be too old that I don't get another big contract? I think he's going to be chasing money in this particular stage, to be completely honest. I think he's going to look for where he's going to make the most money. A team like the Jets are going to be spending money and i think Allen robinson as a number one receiver makes absolute sense there alongside uh zach wilson and elijah moore yeah i think that uh, the jets are
2: you mentioned jets right the jets are a pretty good pick for them they're gonna lose um Braxton, uh, I believe Very Yeah. That, and so th- they definitely need some help, uh, along with Elijah Moore there. Another, another team you said is the Eagles. That's a good place for him. He went to school in Penn state. So maybe a little bit of a homecoming to going back and, uh, going back to Philadelphia. Um, but l- like we mentioned earlier, I mean, Colts he could definitely, you know, go, go to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they need help there as well. So any one of those three teams, I think are a, definitely, a ch- uh, an opportunity for Allen Robinson.
0: Yeah. um, Again, it's like a broken record at this point because we've talked about the same position over and over. However, I think the commanders makes a lot of sense here, too, um, because, you know, it's a guy that wants the ball. And they don't have a quarterback that can deliver the ball properly. So they're going to fix that, right? Whoever it is, they're going to get a new quarterback there. It's pretty much done. So I think this change of pace works out well for, um, Allen Robinson. He has Terry McLaurin. to take some pressure off of him too. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, he's going to be closer to home, go into that area of the world and he's going to get all the targets, targets he wants because they're going to be down so much, right? Uh, if. If, if I'm predicting this properly, they're probably gonna have to come from behind quite often. They're gonna have to use him quite often. So I think the Commanders makes a lot of sense just because of the, dur- the durability and the reliability uh, Allen Robinson uh, possesses. He's this awesome go-to guy for whenever you need a play done. Um, so I don't see why a team like the Commanders would shy away from pulling the trigger on him uh, and the Jaguars kind of makes sense he started his season off with the Jaguars he could probably end it there um, you know no no real reason except for the fact that they have all the cap space they need and they don't really have really good receivers Half like their best receiver last year was Laquan Treadwell which is not a real receiver and their second best receiver was better as a returner so it's like they need somebody with some durability and some reassurance that this yeah. receiver spot is just not for for uh for fun you know it's like it's we need to make receivers great again in jacksonville and i think Allen robinson can fill in that role very very well poor Allen robinson i feel like he's never had a good quarterback to kind of play with you have blake bortles in the in
2: Jacksonville; is right. probably the best quarterback that you've uh played with so he hasn't really had a chance to kind of prove himself
1: with a decent quarterback unfortunately for him he's getting I feel like between him and Mike Williams, one of those two guys is 100% going to be on the jets or the Jaguars. The jets or the Jaguars will spend a ton of money on one of these receivers. I'm, I'm fairly, fairly certain the jets also are losing Keenan Cole and Jamison Crowder. So they have no receivers. So they're going to either have to draft a receiver, which they're drafting fourth overall. And then they're also drafting 10th overall, right? Both of those positions seem too high to buy, to get a receiver this year. So what are the jets going to do? They are going to pay Allen Robinson or, Mike Williams. I'm absolutely certain. I I don't think out of any of this, I'm more confident that the Jets are going to sign one of these receivers. But yeah, that's the top 10 list. Obviously, you know, they create this top 10 list based on whatever metrics and shit that they have on their own. So there are other names outside of this top 10, because it's a 25 player list that again, are big, big names that are going to impact uh, a team substantially next year. Is there any guys outside of this top 10 that you guys are seeing that you're a little intrigued with?
0: Yeah, Stefan Gilmore is hard not to look past. You know, he could literally change the dynamics of a team. Um, and again, this is, this is a position that any team would gladly have um, improved, right? So I, I'm not sure where exactly would be the best fit for him. Again, I'm, I'm looking at teams like the Cardinals, but I'm not sure if they can break the bank to that extent. Um, they should, but, you know, again, they're going to have to make a lot of changes along the way to make that happen. Um, but yeah, I I think the Cardinals need cornerbacks the most as far as good teams go. Yeah. I'm looking at Ryan Jensen, um, center, uh,
2: the one team that definitely needs center is the Steelers. And I'm thinking that that's also a, that would be a solid pick for them. If, uh, if, you know, that's one of their wish list item, I'm sure, uh, Ryan Jensen is on top of that list. So look for him to potentially go to Steelers.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's a good one. I think Stefan Gilmore is interesting. It's it's projecting him at about fourteen million dollars per year. I mean, oh, wow. I I'd, I'd love the Minnesota Vikings going out and getting I, Stephon I Gilmore. Wish, yeah. um, it's just tough again with the cap space situation for them. But there's there's a ton there's a ton of really really intriguing guys, right? Jadavian Clowney, Randy Gregory, two edge rushers. Again, edge rushers are something that teams are going to look for. These guys are going to come a little bit more cost effective than the guys we've already named, fifteen mil and twelve mil. Uh, you're looking at a guy. Uh, Number 18 on this list is guard Brandon Scherf from the commanders. Uh, The reason I highlight him is he's 30 years old. He plays guard. The Minnesota Vikings absolutely need a guard opposite Ezra Cleveland. The situation with him is he's an Iowa guy. He's looking to move back home to Iowa. So his camp uh, came out and said that ideally he would love to play for the Kansas city chiefs or the Minnesota Vikings. So the Minnesota Vikings absolutely need a guard, how they can wiggle their, cap space situation i have no idea but when a guy says he wants to play for the vikings the vikings should go out and try to get him yeah. specifically at a position that they need but at the end of the day if it also becomes the chiefs the chiefs definitely would sure up their offensive line so uh i don't think brandon scherf has a bad situation whether he decides to go with the chiefs or the vikings if one of those two teams signs him uh and then guys obj OB- yeah OBG's uh, a free agent. Go ahead. Yeah, he is.
0: He, I mean, he won his Super Bowl. You know, I, I just don't know if he's gonna be working that hard anymore. I, I kind of get that feeling from him. He's still doing well, obviously. He's still t- only 29, but now he's torn his ACL, two different ACLs. Um, again, th- nowadays the doctors do a good job of rehabbing him back to health, but I just don't know. Like, you know, it's like you win the Super Bowl, and um like it do you still have that? extra fight in you to do that extra practice spend that extra hour to get that Super Bowl once you already have it you know um, and you know for, for some reason I still label OBJ as like a diva you know um, and I, these kind of players I kind of don't trust uh, enough to kind of work harder even after especially after you get a Super Bowl but yeah I mean obviously the guy is great he's one of the best talents we've seen in our generation at this point um, but it's just hard after coming off of another uh, you know he's gonna be partying probably a lot with Drake and all these guys while he's rehabbing with his acl i don't know if that's going to be done properly um so yeah it's just it's doubts on my end but I, there's nothing i'm not shying away from
1: his skill set I'm, I'm i'm very interested because they're projecting him as only a five million dollar cap
2: Damn.
1: uh one year five million dollars because he's injured because again he i don't think they don't know what the longevity of obj yeah. looks like i'm looking at a Team like the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are still mm. searching for a number two receiver outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, I would be really, really intrigued at that because sure. because I'm because I'm thinking. I don't, like you said, Shasho, where's the incentive for OBJ to go to a team that's not good and like continue to try hard when he's yeah. already won a Super Bowl, when he's only getting yeah. paid $5 million a year, exactly. where talent wise, he probably is a $20 million a year kind of talent, right? right? And so, so yeah, so I think if he's not going or looking for a team that already can get back to the grand stage or can at least be competitive, I don't, I, I wouldn't trust OBJ. So I think he's going to look for a team that already is in that position. The Chiefs look good the Ravens we've already talked about the Ravens look appealing for him um the Cardinals opposite DeAndre Hopkins that would be yeah. interesting there uh the 49ers could use some receivers so getting yeah. him there um so there's a ton of teams there that again OBJ at five million dollars if you have a top tier offense and a top tier quarterback why the hell yeah, not if, would you take if Aaron Rodgers
0: especially if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay that's also very enticing George Adams and OBJ yeah. Jesus.
1: Yeah. That would just not be fair. That's I, scary. Yeah. That is about. just not fair. Um, um,
0: I, there is also one other person that I wanted to talk about. Akeem Hicks. That guy is a nightmare up the middle. The chargers yeah. should just do whatever they need to do to get that guy, because he will solve their run up the middle problems single-handedly. And I think that would be a very, very valuable pick for them. It's just that he's a little older, right? He's 32. Uh, he's going to be taking a lot of damage up the middle. Don't know how long he's going to last, but I think if, if the uh, chargers project to be making the Super Bowl in the next three years, I think they should pull the trigger on Akeem Hicks.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the Chargers, or I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't even count out the Steelers. Show, the Steelers could use some defensive tackle help. Whether they decide to go younger in the draft, that's another question because, again, he's 32. But, mm-hmm. shit, as a Vikings fan, even last year, we've seen that this guy has not lost any no. bit of his run-stopping force. So, uh, he's definitely... Uh, a problem down the middle. So the Steelers with the cap space and they need a defensive tackle also would make a ton of sense there. Uh, last, last guy I wanted to highlight a couple of guys. There are two tight ends, tight end free agencies are tricky, right? We talk about tight ends all year in fantasy with like, what's their value. There's a huge drop off after like the top three or four, but we have two guys who again, similar in age, similar in contract, everything. You have Mike Gesicki who's a free agent from the dolphins here. And we have Dalton Schultz, free agent from the Cowboys. Both guys are going to be demanding about $13 million a year. So these guys had have, have had ex, uh, stellar years and now they're going to look for a payday. Um, I don't know. Tight ends are interesting to me because $13 million for a tight end seems like a lot, but at the same time, again, we've seen how when you don't have anybody like a shit show at tight end, how much that can be a problem. Any teams you guys are seeing could use a tight end to solidify an already, you know, good offense. I think the bears.
2: I know they have Cole Komet, but I mean he hasn't really proven himself all, all the way. And, and adding a guy like Gusecki, uh to the Bears and helping out uh, Justin Fields would be a solid, solid addition for, for the Bears.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of teams are now going to tight end sets. So, you know, you can't just have one good tight end anymore, mm-hmm. especially if you want to run the ball. Uh, Giseki is more of a receiver, right? He makes these crazy catches, but he's not so good at blocking. Uh, Dalton Schultz is the opposite. He doesn't really make flashy plays. He even drops some catches that are easily catchable, but he's really good at run stopping. So it depends on which team needs the specific criteria that they want their tight end to do. But I can see Gusecki going to a high powered offense. Like let's say the Packers, right? They haven't had a good tight end, a reliable tight end. They got Tonyan. I think Gasecki would put that shit over the top, especially if they add another good wide receiver. And that's assuming Aaron Rodgers stays there. But that's something the Packers haven't had since, you know, Jermichael Finley, I would say, and he wasn't even that great. Um, So adding a high-powered, high-speed guy would definitely change that offense for the better.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Chauvet, I'm think i thinking kind of along your lines, I don't think young teams, young quarterbacks always look for a safety blanket and a tight end is typically a safety blanket. So I could see a team that has a young quarterback that needs reliable targets. Again, the Jagu- we're back to the same revolving Jets and Jaguars situation. Yeah. But again, those guys have so much money and it's just going to be about what their own vision is. But I wouldn't be shocked with any of these guys signing with the Jets or the Jaguars. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's intriguing to see you know, um, Giseki again, he lines up almost like a Kyle Pitts, right? Kyle Pitts gets drafted and all he does is line up as a receiver, basically, for the most part. Giseki is almost similar. So you're looking for a team that maybe is looking for more offensive explosive help rather than like a run blocking help.
2: There's one more team to think about, um, and it's the Titans if they if they can compliment AJ Brown, Julio Jones and Adgaseki or Dalton that would be a pretty scary offense. Yeah. And Julio Jones is not
0: really Julio Jones anymore. So True. they might need some they might need a lot of help actually. They had their chances these last couple of years and they c- couldn't capitalize. So I
1: hope for the best for them. They need to make some changes there. Yeah, again, uh free agency is already, you know, in the works in the sense that, you know, these teams are, these guys are no longer part of a team and they're going to be looking for a home. We talked about obviously the franchise tag, franchise tag that's going to come into play. I think the franchise tag uh, deadline expires March 8th. So after that, you know, if you're not, if you've not been franchise tagged, you're going to basically be an unrestricted free agent and you're going to have that capability to sign with anybody. So, um, you know, that, that's going to come up. We have the combine that's starting here. That's already kind of taking place right now. So uh, obviously there's going to be a lot of draft you know, draft talk mock drafts and players that we talked about in the combine that have shot up uh, the, the projection boards. But again, it, it's, it, there's not going to be a shortage of content. I think next week we probably want to dive into some draft stuff and, and kind of see what we come up with from a combine results perspective. Uh, and then we'll kind of take it from there, but anything else on these free agents, any last things you want to touch on?
0: No, I'm just really jealous of these teams with a lot of cap space.
1: Yeah, it must be nice, man. It must be nice to not be at the bottom five of cap space heading into next season. I mean, God, the Dolphins with $60 million. Damn. If
2: they make they could, the right decisions, they could definitely be a, a good team next year. But we'll see. Um, was it Nathaniel Hackett? No. No. no, no. The Dol- Mike uh, McDaniel. Mike I, McDaniel. I, You know, I always mix those two guys up for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, Mike McDaniel, if he can make the right decisions, then the Dolphins could be pretty good next year
1: yeah 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 for sure for sure yeah man so uh, again uh a, a lot to a lot to unpack we'll stay active again make sure you follow like subscribe all the social medias thank you guys so much for uh tuning into another episode of the only playbook i'm sweet car again she sh- showed that uh we'll kick it with you guys next time see you guys